Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. So we have to talk about something, guys. What's that? Uh, you really don't know, huh? <laughs> so the podcast from last week. Oh, yeah. Didn't go through Friday, like was legitimately a big problem. Like it was a computer problem, and so we decided, like, oh, let's just repost it for Wednesday or Sunday or whatever. And then, like, our Sunday turned out like we just learned that Sundays aren't going to work. So now we're to a point to where I think we're just going to post it Friday and be one week ahead, which will be very beneficial for the future. Um, cause we'll always be one week ahead, but I think listening back to it, like what was your, those of us that were here also welcome bat, Matt, welcome back. It's nice to see you. Welcome bat, Mac, Batman, Batman. <laughs> yeah. You think, you think I, I am was, the Batman, <clears throat> Matt, man. It's a nice to be back on the, is that an airplane? That is another airplane. Is it nice to be back? Yes. Yeah, I kind of missed you guys' ugly faces. Instead of like sitting in a truck for three weeks straight, it paid better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is essentially free. <laughs> but um, so what was your guys' honest opinions of re completely restructuring our idea of what the Lodge Crew episodes are going to be like? Um, I don't think it's a technically a restructure because we had that plan from the beginning that we were going to. Basically, whoever we could get on, we would have on, essentially, for those. Right. Yeah, and it just it turned out to where we had Taryn there for, you know, some business stuff, and he wanted to hop on, and we'd been trying to get Christian on for two or three weeks, so. I know, but, like, it seems like there was a lot of change um, just based on, like, the actual structure of how it went, too. Like, we decided... Maybe we would kind of let loose a little bit more on the After Dark stuff and then kind of hold, you know. Which is funny because I feel like we had that idea the whole time, like when we started. Mm -hmm. But it never really turned into that where we did a true After Dark. Do you think it has more to do with like we were such a young podcast and like when we started to come out, we'd have our friends on and it was just like we wanted to know so much about them instead of just... I don't know. It's like every time, let's say we were doing this for five years. Um, in those five years, you could have 50 people on, right? I'm still acting like there's a camera. There's no camera today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, in like five years, you could have five, 50 people on, right? In that time, those 50 people would get all introduced. You'd know all about them. Like, and then you'd be able to just make structured podcasts based off of them. And so it's like, I feel like we're we're building characters, not even characters. Does that make any sense? Like we're building people to be like they're understood. Oh, I see what you're saying. And the concept of Lodge Crew itself won't come to fruition until like there's a face and a name with every person that's been on Lodge Crew. Yeah, absolutely. No, it makes sense. Because it's I guess and Matt really like he he wasn't here to like kind of hear the kind of new deal we we're doing, but what we kind of like figured out is what we'd love to do is do lodge crews 
and go back to that idea of doing that instead of doing like whatever flows, but like try to have one more frequently and like cycle through a group of like 15, 20 guys, just like whoever's available will be like, Hey, like, let's do this. And so you kind of have like the same, like they come on like, Oh, they were just on a couple weeks ago. We we're talking about the chip list, you know, like what are we doing this time? Right. And so that's kind of, kind of how we figured that out. And I think it's going to work really well, but like I said, just developing that, like getting to know people, like turns into interviews every time almost. It does. Cause it's like, you kind of need to get a background for the listeners to like, know who's on, which well, well, you absolutely have to have it. I mean, essentially it is an interview because I mean, <clears throat> even if we're talking about one of us, don't mean everyone else listening to the podcast is going to, Sean, I mean, they do now, but yeah, because like, let's say, let's just take 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 yourself completely out of the podcast right now. Pretend you're some dude that's listening to podcasts and you randomly come across Bull Mountain Brothers. Would it be weird for you to like watch a video or hear a thing and be like, "Wow, how am I going to get interested with like this random ass two people that I've known nothing about?" Wouldn't that be kind of like your vibe? You're like, I don't know. Oh yeah, it'd be just just be like, like a this TV is... channel. You just change it. And but do you think like else. without us actually like explaining who we are? us telling stories wouldn't you don't you think you'd get a good idea how that person is yeah eventually yeah for sure well we're on what episode what 22 on this one or 23 i can't even remember yeah yeah basically we have 21's posted 22 didn't post correct yeah Yeah. so we'll have 22 like 22 and and then 23 will be made so like yeah like actually sitting down in all honesty out of 23 i mean the listeners still probably don't know just us four. I know. That sparked like a really good idea for me the other day. I was thinking like what we should do like once every four months until we've done all four of us, like interview, like the three of us interview a fourth person, like just like ask for like in-depth questions and stuff. Like, so you get to know, like, I'd love to, know, I'd love to know a little bit more about the green olive and like how he uh, became. Who is that? That that would be you. Oh, Sean. oh sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm all about learning, you know, like what what you really did on Pawn Stars and stuff. So saw this coming a mile <laughs> away. Saw this coming a mile away. And was Rick really an asshole or are you guys buddies? You know, actually I really got paid well in the end. Um, oh, okay. I lost a bunch of weight and no, I'm just kidding. Um what trailer park Ramsey came out of with that hairdo and that mustache <laughs> and that facial hair. <laughs> Dude, Sean's just throwing shots tonight. I don't know why. He's kind of great. I am not. Everyone. He's it's shots Matt. At- Matt fuels me. <laughs> I was telling him earlier well, before. Well, for everyone here, at least he showed up on time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're one step ahead. At least he's yeah. here. Yeah. I'm going to bring that up here. Not no, 20 two minutes, minutes late. Two I minutes. wasn't 20 minutes late. All right. Leave me alone. Like 25. No, I was like 14. I don't know. No. If you go off the time that Matt got there, you were almost half an hour late. Yeah. Why the hell is he showing up so damn early then? 15 hey, minutes hey, hey, earlier. Hey. Let's go in yeah. timeline here. Let me get, I'll get to it in just two seconds. All right. All right. All right. Final thoughts, though. Is it something we're all ready to like just dive in? I think, I think if it's done how we envision it, it could be probably our like number one most viewed thing every month. I really do. Oh, yeah. I think that's like what our demographic is. Cause if you look at our demographic, I mean, we're five months into this now. I have some, we all have like some idea of our analytics. Like I think we need a year, year and a half to really get like who's legitimately listening to us. But if you look at like five months worth of um, analytics, 
we're basically 80, 75% male, 19 to 35. So, I mean, that kind of Lodge Crew After Dark thing really, I think, fits well with who's listening. I'd say so. And we have three other podcasts a month to for everyone else that's mm-hmm. interested. So, all right, we'll put a... We'll put a cap on that one, and we'll just see how it, we'll just ride it for the rest of the summer and see how she goes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so let's get to what we did this weekend. A little recap. I guess we already know that Sean was late to the party. Ruined the whole night. <laughs> you know what I really think ruined the whole trip? Ramsey pulling on the interstate behind five hundred vehicles. Ruined that night, guys. No. So, First yeah. of all, nothing was ruined. It was a great day. It was a great It would have been rush hour if you'd have been on time. You're right. 20 minutes would have that killed us. <laughs> well, I guess what we, we decided to make like a last minute trip out to the ranch to look for sheds. Honestly, I think it was more or less we just like wanted to take a we needed a break, like mentally. And, and the legend wanted to get out too. Oh, yeah. Dad wanted to go out. Like, he actually is the one who's like, Hey, do you think we'd be able to go hang out? For a day. And so, yeah, we ended up, I don't know, I think I got talking to Matt like Thursday and we decided to make plans and we could only do it for Friday night through Saturday. So we didn't get to do as much as like we'd want to do if we were hardcore shed hunting. But um, it was nice. I think, I think none of us, like we barely did any video, pictures, anything because I think it just turned into more of a, like, we all just needed to take a break from everything for, like, 30 hours, 36 hours. Well, we got out there late. We woke up late, all because of Sean. <laughs> <laughs> he set the alarm clock in the morning, and next thing we know, it's 930. Mm-hmm. God, I still remember. When it was about 7 o'clock, I looked over at you, and you just looked at me and shook your head. just said, nope. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the reason we got up early or late is because we went on a night ride. We did. We did go on a night ride. We didn't get back to like a what, quarter to four. Okay, pretty close. There's nothing like like a night ride to just like bond with the boys. And there's nothing like all of your life. It wasn't. It wasn't a out. night ride. It was actually our. It was our mobile budget meeting that. Was yeah. required. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think like we just were like super awake at like nine o'clock, and um, my dad went to bed. So we're like, hey. Let's go for a night like ride. like 11 o'clock. Yeah, because yeah, I, I went and showered. It was 9 was o'clock cr- when we got done eating dinner because we ran late. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen this whole He's gonna time. He's going to ride that horse until yeah, it dies. Yeah. He's going to die on that hill. Well, I, I'd say, yeah, we decided, hey, let's go for a night ride. So we went up on top of the hill. And there's some old, like, uh, some old homestead houses up on top. Actually, uh, where Trapper Dave used to trap out of. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like they've got some history into them. But it's dark. Dark, dark, dark. Oh, it's absolutely no dark. moon dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what our jerk reaction is anymore, but it's uh, basically every time we go out to the ranch and it's dark, we're just like, dude, you think we're gonna see an alien tonight? <laughs> we <laughs> or should some tell shit some like scary that. stories, dude. We always, I don't know why we go straight to that. Like we could go do anything, and we just it's freak our. We don't get scared, but we just try to hype each other up. It so did then, suck when all the lights quit on the Ranger. Though, yeah. The house. <laughs> well, yeah, so we've been dealing with this. So Ramsey and I put these lights on the Ranger, and they came from Amazon. So we had one 20-incher that they pinched the wire or something inside of it. So every time you, like, flip the right one on, it uh, kills all the lights, kills all the kills almost all the instruments in the, in the Ranger. And so 
Matt was trying to fuck with us and, of course, accidentally hit the uh, the he, right switch. I'm pretty sure he said, let's dance with the devil before I do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then flick the right. It's like when you put Matt in the right conditions, he just turns like full fucking wild card. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know if you're going to make it home or not. No. Like that TikTok sound where he's like, there's a great group of boys. <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> he should not have come here. <laughs> yeah, so he flicks the light and it blows the fuse correctly yeah, every, every time. So we're in the middle of this ghost town, <laughs> essentially, in the dark. <laughs> it was like sick. After Matt's like pulling up to the windows, he's like, oh, oh who's <laughs> in the window? window. <laughs> uh, luckily, we didn't see shit, thank God. <laughs> yeah. The advantage of blowing that fuse is we found out that I took the amp fuse out or somebody did before. Ellen, Ellen Taylor. If you're listening, put the fuse back in. Yeah, we didn't have radio the whole time. Yeah, no, and I, uh, all I get on the way in is, oh, man, you buy a $30,000 machine, you can't even get a radio. <laughs> and it was someone had taken the fuse out. Yeah, so it was like one of those, like, so we bombed down to the old Rangers, took a bunch of fuses out of them. Well, you know what's funny, though, is there was a split moment when we figured that out that we all looked at each other and we're like, do we really need the lights though? <laughs> Let's listen to some music on the way back. Yeah, we didn't even put the lights on though. Yeah. And then I took some uh, cutters and just cut the wire for the damn light bar so we could not have that situation happen again. Yeah, so then we bombed down in one of the old rangers and pulled some fuses and had some backups and got the lights back on and continued. Yeah, we had a good time. We just kind of bombed around and just hung got out. Way man. down the riverside sean got out to take a piss we left him behind <laughs> in the dark tell me that's not like top 10 best things to do to your buddy steps out to take a piss and actually sean like i think he knew that we would try some shit like that and the doors are kind of like suicide so he was sitting with the door so if you were to like drive off with with the door open it would just like slam open ruin the door so he would knew that like we couldn't just drive off with the door so I looked back. I, he started to pee, and when you, when you're peeing, you're you're very, pretty vulnerable. Yeah, you are. I gave him one hell of a shove and slammed the door in the same time. We were out of there. Turned all the lights off, and uh, we got to let Matt tell the rest of this story. So we turned the well. I hauled ass for about 300 yards, and then killed the lights and shut the ranger off. And then we decided, well, we better go back and get him before he gets too scared. And- <laughs> We go back and all I see is a Sasquatch running through the trees. <laughs> He's running out and just face plants it. <laughs> just go. As soon as, as soon as you guys close the door, I finished pissing, and I took off at a dead sprint towards you guys because I saw where you guys stopped. I was running up a berm the entire time, so I am falling every three steps. And then I get into that tree that I came out of. There was a lot of deadfall in that underneath that mm. tree. And so I was literally falling over everything trying to get out. Dude, I think we're like, we keep highly underestimating Sean's athleticism and his balls. Because every time a situation like this happens, he does the opposite of what anyone normally would well, do. Well, I can guarantee if he had opened that door up on the Ranger, I'd have shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. if were you close to, to that Ranger? at all? To you guys? If we took like another 45 seconds, would you have been there? To open I would have been standing in front of the Ranger when he turned it on. Mm. That's, that was my end goal because you guys stopped and I was running at a dead sprint and I probably had 25 yards to get to you from that tree. So you eating shit ruined your... Yes, your, absolutely. Because basically as soon as you guys took off, I had finished pissing and I was at a dead sprint. So the moral to the story that I'm getting is next time we go to the camp and give him about three hours yep, and then yep. come back. <laughs> would there have been a point where you, would you have been just pissed or where you get like what it would actually have been kind of sketchy? 
If you, you guys mean? actually left me? Yeah. Oh, it would have been sketchy because he'd had no idea where he was. <laughs> no, nah, I probably just. Back? I would have just. I probably just followed the road, honestly, because at some point you didn't even have a phone. Dude, you had that no was light. You had nothing. No, I know. But you were on the easiest way to get back. I. You just got. You well, as long place. as you kept going the direction we did, because if you went the other way, you'd have been at the river. Yeah. <laughs> if you went uphill and just hit the road and it didn't go straight, you would have been there. That's true. I was I, honestly, I probably just fall or I just crawl up under. That yeah, I forget that's only your second time ticket. being there, so you probably don't know. Probably don't. Like I was saying, I'd have been pissed if I'd have been you. <laughs> I honestly, like I was telling Matt, I can go past past camp a little ways, mm-hmm. and I know where I'm at. Right, but everywhere else we were mainly at on Saturday, I pretty different, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, how far were we from camp at the farthest Miles. point? Thirty. How far from camp was I when you guys dumped me out? Not very far. Five. You've been there before. That was the river. You were literally like within where all the turkeys were. A hundred yards of where oh, the yeah. turkeys were every morning. It was just in the dark, so you couldn't. I just followed. No phone, no matches, no nothing. You didn't have your phone then either? No. <laughs> oh. It was in the range. So what do no, we I didn't even bring head? my phone. Oh, you didn't? No, no, because you remember when we were up at, on top at the old homestead? Oh, yeah. We're yeah, like, yeah. well, if we need to, we'll call Sean's phone and maybe Warren will find it. Yeah. This uh, this was also before we found a trail cam with like thirty pictures of mountain lions on it. So I guess you probably weren't freaking out. <laughs> no, I had I had a forty five with me in the dark with no light. Did you have it on you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I probably had to just walk the road, tell some. Well, I knew. figured, you know, when I got out, I figured Matt was just going to be an asshole and go like three miles away. Seriously, I did. No, I think he's got more of a heart than Ramsey and I do. I seriously he's thought I was softer. like, as soon as you guys... He plays the heart. He's way soft. As soon as you guys turned that corner and I was running up that hill crossing that tree, I was like, oh, they're gone. If it would have been me, he would have left. No, I don't know about that. Right, well, let's see. What did I have on me? I think literally just the pistol. Could you have survived for a week with what you had on you? And your and your talents, not uh, not very well. But I mean, maybe. you know, there's turkey down there. You could have survived off turkey raw. Could you have made a fire? Had shoelaces. You I don't know. Everything it. was pretty wet out there. It'd have been it would have been kind of tough to make a fire without a lighter. Fireball, dude. Guys, we should do a shoelaces. We should do a YouTube video, a Bull Mountain Brothers edition. <laughs> Throw everybody out in Narnia for a week and no, see no, who no, lives no. the longest. Have you seen these ones? They get like <laughs> they get like millions of views where they do like it's kind of an outdoor channel like us. Like have you ever heard uh, fishing with Flair or whatever? Guggen Squad guys, or uh, there's another couple guys that do it, but they'll do weekend trip and I have to eat. The only thing I can eat is what I catch, and like I have to you have to like live out in the woods and shit. That'd be fun because we could just catch fish. Yeah, that'd be. I think that'd be a good time. I yeah, used to try might won't participate. He's too fucking bougie. Well, he's got, he's got to have no, he's got to no, have his no, fucking no. nails manicured and his fucking lobster and steak. He couldn't fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no redemption, huh? Wow. Well, the biggest thing about like views, though, when you say there's a million views, millions of views. It's usually the fucking loser that has all the views, like the guy that didn't make it. No. Where are you getting this logic from? I don't think so, man. I, I watch a ton of them where they fucking, all of a sudden they'll catch like fucking 13 bass 
and eat. Well, that we should do that this summer. We'll just all go somewhere. We'll just drive and not even know. Where oh, the do it like four corners. Yeah, four corners. Of the, well, we couldn't do it four corners of the ranch because what would you eat? You'd have Tough to have. Shit. Some, uh, you'd have to have some spring. Sink or swim. Let's not go to the ranch because Matt and you have a way higher chance of surviving than Ramsey and I. Where would we go well, then? Uh, Y'all tell Dam. You can't walk out of that son of a bitch. The, a lake would be way too like. Let's go to the Bob. With no, with no. Just straight to the cold, forest. No nothing. Oh well, no, you can have you can have five items. Like kind of like the alone show. Kind of yeah, but you can't like you can't bring any fucking Snickers in. You can't. Well, I mean, maybe so, we should so, like stash. So, so Sean's gonna have a generator, a phone charger, his phone, and a vehicle so you can go home at night. Yeah, <laughs> so you don't get in Dude, trouble. Why, talking why am I getting hate for this? No right now? Because Matt's the bo- late. Matt's the bougie one. He'd probably have a live lobster with him named Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. Matt, I legitimately found... I, you have no rebuttal on this. I legitimately found a lobster tail in your front yard fucking a month ago. And it was whole. I don't. I still don't understand that. It had the fall, fallen out of the box when I loaded that, oh, it had that to lobster up for, it had or, to. Uh, when we went camping. And that was with, fun. With all the cats in this neighborhood, it survived that long? It was blue. <laughs> it was. I was going to pick it up, but I totally forgot. She must have got to pick it up. But yeah, so I, in the end, all this bullshitting aside, we ended up not finding any sheds, which is fine. It's, I feel like you need like a three or four day trip to go out there and like get, like hike more. Saw some cool stuff though on the, on the sandstone. That was awesome. Oh yeah. The pick, uh, the writing. Yeah. Yeah. There's some. We've done that. Took your dad up, had good lunch. Yeah. You and I oh, got to yeah. kind of scope out our archery yeah. spots. That's always, that's always a good thing too. Is like anytime we get to go out there and like plan for next season. That kind of it makes it fun. We found our new tent site. I tell you yeah. what, though, Matt couldn't make up his damn mind. I think this is the spot. Nope. You know what? Nope. You know the last first first choice. First choice. We're going back to that one. Well, I think he liked the first spot the most, but then the second we had like the best service on the entire ranch up top, he like changed his mind a little bit. Bougie. Pretty much. Well, but, I mean, guy's got to talk know, to his wife. Yeah, but you know what's funny? Watch literally Netflix. at the first spot. He's like, I like how there's no service here. Well, but the only other thing is... That's because he doesn't want people from work calling him. <laughs> is if you have your phone, you can see pictures. Mm. I don't know where this is headed. I don't either. I don't like this. <laughs> I know what he's talking about. I'm just kidding. Not a trail cam. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I got you now. But uh, I, don't even, I still don't know if we figured out where we're going to do it. They, uh, speaking of trail cams they have those ones for sale right now 80 bucks 80 bucks at shields links 50 bucks off dude we should go in on at least three or four of them i know someone that can buy 50 i don't know why we can't buy 40 (laughs) we can't afford that (laughs) 40 what's 40 times 80 who's the math 3200 jesus on just cameras sell a four-wheeler for cameras yeah yeah, you guys got 106 of them. I mean, you don't need all of them. No warrants, dude. I only got snowmobiles left. <laughs> but there you go. Sell Ramsey. <laughs> He's too valuable. He's a good. He's a good hunting dog. He's a good slave. I can't. Can't. You can't buy money without. But uh, yeah, no, we had a good time. It, it was, was. It was well worth going out there. And uh, like I said, we just got to kind of decompress. We didn't. weren't even worried about really doing anything company related it was more just the boys out saw a stud antelope though 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's all we really saw was antelope and deer. And we saw some turkeys. turkeys. Saw Quite a few turkeys. We had a stock on it. We could have shot that Tom from the Ranger. Oh, yeah. We just... It's so late in the season. I feel like we're all just like, unless we can do something cool and do They it. weren't talking anymore. And they were, just they were but I, I was looking, but did you guys see? The only see? thing talking at the whole place was the dog that followed you to camp, Oh, my Sean. God. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, the damn. We should put that in reference, how far that is for the listeners. Yeah. 15 miles. 30 miles round trip. Well, I kind of want the roundabout way, because not only did it follow us, but then we went back to get the cooler that, Chumley didn't strap down good enough in the deal, and then he didn't he didn't put the bear locks on it. We must have passed him when we went back, because the time that we spent, well, he was going, we, we, he was we, going we in a straight him on line. Our way back, remember we seen him when we went back to get the cooler. Remember we, I told him to go home, but not on our way there. Well, we were on our way there, and then we had to come back in to get the cooler. Was he at the the Green Gate then? I don't no, know. I, I never saw him. The only time I saw him was when he was at camp. I, he was I on was, a divide. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Pretty crazy, though. Yeah, it was. I mean, a lot of kind of interesting to see an animal go 30 miles just and for nothing. It, and it's tick season. Yeah. We did, we did pull a couple ticks off of him. Yeah. yeah. Anything else to add, boys? I don't think we... That was pretty much it. We didn't... It's about our recap of the week. We shot our bows on Sunday. Oh, yeah. We did. You and me and Sean... Yeah. And we actually we ran into the other <laughs> the other landowner that we hunt on stopped by yeah, the house and we got to talk to them and they're doing well. They got some hats, yeah. Yep, they got some Bull Mountain Brother hats and now we got some shooting in. It's nice. Well, so I want to talk about that a little bit more later. More shooting. We we keep t- talking about preseason stuff forever, but I think that's what um at our last segment today we'll talk about some some more getting ready for season stuff. Yeah. Well, that's it for I think wrap we'll just wrap up uh kind of recap of the weekend and then we'll be right back after this read ad read i just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors fnh contracting and fence located in billings montana if you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired contact our friends at fnh contracting and fence by texting 406-661-7484 from front yards to farmyards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action. All right, and we're back. Today we are joined by a guest, but it's not really like a structured interview or lodge crew deal. We just kind of had the opportunity to have another voice in the room and kind of get to go and know a little bit about his outdoor life and his passions. So Without further ado, we have Mark Schaff today, and uh, we're just going to get to know you today and have you on and do some bullshitting. Sounds good. So, I guess, where do we even start with this one? Well, tell us tell us a little bit about... Uh, and for yeah. everyone to know, this is Trapper Dave's nephew. Yeah. Yeah, so we got some... That would kind of make Matt and I cousins, so... Yeah, we got Matt. If you want to do the math. Here, yeah. yeah. What do we, we'd like to know a little bit about kind of your hobbies and passions because it kind of gets us set up for i don't know a direction to to make conversation because we don't really want to talk to you about well sean's interested in quilting and um underwater bass, and manicures maybe. and stuff so if mm-hmm. we start talking mm-hmm. about that we and you're not into yeah, it i'd probably lose you know yeah. interest pretty so you get the point here yeah so what do you do when you're not working when i'm not working 
Well, other than laying, hanging around with Matt, uh, working on a lot of cars, do a little outdoorsy stuff too, fishing, hunting. So we have a car guy on today. Oh yeah, big big time car guy. How long have you been into cars? Well, it's hard to say because I don't remember when I didn't wasn't in it. So okay. So what did you do your first? What when did you build your first car? How old were you? Well, I was in I was in high school and I built my f- first full car that was at sixty five Mustang, which I'm working on right now, thirty some years later. So it's getting a full on restoration now. But uh, no, we did a lot of paint work and stuff like that growing up. Dad tossed a lot of stuff. He was a lot of influence in a lot of that stuff. He got us going in it and kind of took over. And like Dad says, we kind of became the teacher in it instead of the student after a while. So you're more of a, like, want it to look like it did back in the day kind of guy? Or do you like to you know, add a little power? Power never hurts. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys that like to put the car back together where it looks stock, okay. but it's not. Okay. So it's got a few little amenities in it that, uh, fortunately, with the car, it was already heavily equipped before, you know, everything but the top-end motor. But, you know, it had power steering, power brakes, air conditioning, all the good stuff already in it, which I just put it back and kind of made it a little bit better, put it, put it back together a little bit better than Ford did in the first place. So <laughs> at least I like to think so. Have you ever reconsidered Fords and doing something that uh, – is way cooler like Chevy's? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> and I, I, I'd kidding. question that whole way cooler thing. But I tell you what, I'd own a I'd own a seventy four four two in no time. Oh yeah, it'd have to be a convertible though. There, I'm, I'm surrounded by Ford guys, so I have to. No, I have not. to. Yeah, you're oh, in Sean's the corner a there guy. too, man. Yeah, Ramsey's a Ford a guy. Well, I had one until it broke down every five seconds. That's a, not a Chevy true. or Ford. I have a Chevy now. <laughs> How oh, many, I see what he did there. How many cars do you have right now? I'd have to stop and count here a little bit, but I think I'm up. Uh, I can probably drive one a week if I got them all done, or one every day of each week. Wow. Do you have a favorite? One I'm working on right now. I have had have had that car for almost 33 years. Okay. Wow. That kind of dates me a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> not too bad. Not is Matt not the 30. oldest guy in the room anymore? No. Oh, he is no. still? He kind of looks like the oldest guy in the room now. <laughs> yeah. He's getting pretty gray, huh? Yeah, he is, yeah. So I'll fix that tomorrow. <laughs> a little a little, <laughs> little Rogaine. <laughs> well, just for men. How, uh, how much time do you typically spend on one car to completion of it? To completion, I started on my 65. Uh, of course, it's, it's part-time, but I've been on it since 2014. Okay. So eight years now. That's probably the longest I've ever been on a car. Right, and you're just more of a like a weekend warrior on it, right? You're not... Yeah, mostly when I can get a weekend to do it. Otherwise, maybe take a day off here and there. And he does a lot of cool to things, too. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so we do have My some fellow quilters on here. Nice. Do you have a dream car? A dream car? Or do you own your dream car? Man, I'm living the dream. No, if I had a 67 Shelby, I'd be I'd be in seventh heaven. He had, yeah. He had a hell of a six. That was a 67 convertible that you had before. Yeah, right? I had a 67 convertible. Fire engine red. It, oh, uh, Viper red. Yeah. yeah. Or Viper red, yeah. Yeah, convertible. As that, time goes on, I wonder, is it harder and harder to find stuff like to work on, to refurbish? and? 
Nah, it's just depending on what you're looking at. I mean, you can run across a lot of pretty cool cars that are, I mean, the longer we're around, the more cars there are coming available, even through the 70s and 80s and all the way on up, you know. Right. It just so depends what your flavor is. The kind of vibe I get from what you do is like, you don't, you don't care what shape it comes in. Like, if you can take it up, because you were saying that with your Mustang, you're telling us beforehand how it was pretty much going to get totaled and taken to the recycling shop. And you're like, no, yeah. hey, let's do uh, that I'll on do dad's car. He had a, we fo- I found him, uh, a guy came to me when I was looking for parts on, on Craig, Craigslist and he had a car and he was going to take it to Pacific recycling because it was just beyond his ability to put back together. So he gave me the option of either taking it over there or dropping it off my driveway. So I, I couldn't say no. Yeah. So we, we put her back together the roof was already chopped off, so we converted it to a fastback and gave it the full Shelby clone look. Okay. Do you uh, do you show these cars like at like shows or parades or anything like that? Or we do, yeah. Uh, when we get a chance to do it, uh, a lot of times we're spent spent in the garage working on these things. So right. Uh, when we get a chance to get out, take them out and let everybody else see them, we try to take advantage of it. He actually gets more work done now in Billings. Before, when he was at his dad's place in Harden, <laughs> yeah, drive all the way to he'd Harden. spend more time talking to people, driving by and showing up oh, constantly. Yeah. Well, it was on that. It's a road and heading out to Yelltail, mm. so everybody drives by on a boat or whatever's. You know, they have to stop and inquire about it. See what's. And going if on. I believe right, Mark, you and your dad are going to do a dream, dream Jeep, correct? A Willys got a forty-one Willys Jeep. Yeah, World War II Jeep. One of the first uh, twenty-five thousand builds. The Slat Girl. My grandfather had it in Washington State, and and when he passed away, my mom got it, and when she passed away. I kind of got handed down to me. I just got to go get it at my uncle's place down there in Harden and see if I can't put it back together. But uh, oh yeah, there's something. It's, it's like driving around in a John Wayne movie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> wow. And yeah. you guys do you guys do all the work yourselves, like the painting, the engine work, and all that. The only thing I didn't do on my car was the machine work on the engine. And if I had the equipment to do it, I'd done it myself. You do the upholstery and everything. I, yeah, well, I buy a pre-sewn kit and I I put it on the myself, you know, the frames and all, clean up the frames. He done a Ford pickup years ago for a f- family friend, and worked, worked. How long did you work on that truck? Oh, I bet I worked. Two and a half months, three months on and that. And that thing. was a what year? I was a 78, I believe, 77, 78 yeah. Ford. The guy picked it up and dropped the round bale on it. Yeah, it kind of splayed the bed out pretty good. Oh, no. Right after getting the pickup. It's too bad Dylan wasn't around. He probably would have really had a good time yeah, he coming here and yeah, he talking, talking uh, restoration. Absolutely. He's always telling me all this stuff about cars and stuff. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know what any of this means. Yeah, it's kind of fun to have like a little bit of have something different on here and talk about something a little different because, well, you know, after all, as Sean's used to say all the time, we're not just an outdoor podcast or a hunting and fishing podcast. Nope. We're an everything podcast. So it's kind of cool to sit here and learn about someone's passion about something else. And a thing that I caught that I like to hear is that it's something you and your dad share. And, yeah, and that's kind of something that... And your uh, brother... My, my older brother yeah and you know like my, my younger brother's intuitive to a point but uh it's my dad my older brother that we really get into it and we spend a lot of time together in fact uh when i bought my uh i bought a 2013 mustang boss 302 and uh dad and i drove that thing down to uh 
uh, Miller Motorsports Park in uh, just outside of Salt Lake City. And uh, since I bought the car, Ford paid for one day's worth of track time. We just had to get down there. And uh, so Dad and I hopped in the car and we drove on down there and did some laps around the track. And we both got to go on a nice little hot lap. And it cut me loose for about, uh, oh, about four or five hours just on a track by myself. That wow. was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, it would be a, a lot of time. fun, yeah. Maybe something that that's, a lot a lot of people get to do. I'm assuming that's that's something you just you don't forget. You know that's it'll be there right there. You know, and there's another good story behind that because, of course, Mark's my my dad's nephew, so that makes Steve my dad's guide and brother. And uh, Steve's kind of like Dave. You know, if it's ninety nine cents, it's a good deal. But if you pay a little more, you can tell him the story about your steak dinner. Oh yeah, it's is kind of out of character for the guy. We just kind of walk into the restaurant there and met up, uh, seen some other guys that were in uh, uh, that little track time with us, and they were sitting there having a dinner, and they invited us over. So uh, it was kind of out, out of character for Dad, but I kind of had a laugh about it because the uh, waiter come on up, and he, he asked us to, uh, you know, offer some menu, and Dad says, nope, just bring me a, a, a nice steak and, and a baked potato, and that's all I want. You just... Told him how he wanted it cooked, and, and uh, I did the same thing, and he didn't even worry about the bill on it. And I know he, was, I, I think he was kind of sweating it up there a little bit when, <laughs> when the bill finally did come, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, I like that though. We we kind of talk about all the time when whether it comes, you know, hobbies or uh, hunting or fishing or whatever. We just like a big motto of ours is like we just. Pull Mountain Brothers does stuff with family and friends, and um, we stand behind like that's the reason we do it and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool to hear that's something you share yeah. with your dad. Yeah, you know, and, and we uh, we did a lot of things together. We we you know hell we used to go out you know Dave's place and do a lot of shooting stuff out there, and you know I'd, I'd, I'd had a half the time I had a hound dad take me with him because it was you know it's the place to be you know just going out there and just being next to the river and. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you guys outside. had it growing up. Or, or, what area did you guys hunt usually? Well, if if we were going for elk and stuff like that, usually you went up in the Ennis area and the Gravelly's up there, uh, just past Cameron. Uh, there's a an old talc mine up there. That I think they're still operating that we used to go up to. It's not what it was when we were younger. Going up there, kind of, kind of got a little po- overpopulated with people. Yeah, it's so, a little blown out by grizzlies now too. Yeah, I haven't, you know, I haven't been up there in probably 10, 15 years. But. Really? Yeah, that's when I, I've done some stuff on some other mountain ranges up there. And that's what they talk about. Like the gravelies are like just super sketchy anymore to, to go on in because it's just packed full of grizzly bears. Yeah, they had a share of uh, bears up there and cats too. So you, every once in a while you'll hear one of them screaming out there. But oh, yeah. Probably got on some carcass somewhere, <laughs> fight mucks themselves. But uh no, it was kind of miss that area, but we'll probably be heading up here probably some point in the summer. So you you uh, grew up hunting pretty much your whole younger childhood as you oh yeah I got was, old enough. And just all like Matt, I was born with a gun in my hand, so I knew all the stuff to do before I was even old enough. Probably should have been doing it. But and what uh, what would you say your favorite hunting like animal wise was? Animal-wise, uh, you know, 
I got to say, up, up there with uh, trying to get an elk and stuff like that, just just because, you know, I like that kind of terrain a little bit better, you know. Right. Say a little bit more than, you know, I've done a little bit of, you know, say with deer and antelope and stuff like that. But I just like the mountain scene a little bit better. But yeah, a little different terrain makes you work for it a little more. Makes you work for a little bit, you know. You, you kind of question that thought when you're in the process of doing it. Right. When you're up there and it <laughs> snows up to your waist and you're wondering what the hell I'm doing up here. Because even if I did shoot something, I got to get it out of here. Especially <laughs> those days that you take your gun for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Done that, been there. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's no kind of like bow hunting with you. Oh, bows for a walk. I beg. I, I, I don't know. I feel like you guys always ran into them. You just, I just never had a shooter with me. This guy is just. Well, you you don't shoot. He's just no. I, I shoot. I think well, that one ran into the arrow. I shoot as well, but. Well, I wasn't there either when I seen that one. I think I think Ramsey shoots more than Riley oh does. Oh my but. god, this fucking guy! I'm telling you, he'll he'll never admit it, but it was Ramsey. It we, was. We Ramsey. still don't know who shot that bull. I don't even know why this is um, a topic of discussion. It's just stupid. I can guarantee, without a doubt, without a doubt, it was Chumley that shot that bull. Bull, I guarantee it. Because you were, I guarantee you were shaking. You're, oh my god, oh my god, and you, I guarantee. Uh, stone cold. No, you could have called me Steve Austin. Then <laughs> it's all right, dude. Whatever, Pamela Anderson. I don't even know why this is getting brought. So <laughs> I've actually never been to the Gravelies. Like, what mountain could you compare it to? I mean, what's the terrain like up there? I've never been up there either, so I can't speak. Uh, you know, it's probably very similar to like the maybe the the Bridgers or or even the Galtons, maybe. Are you guys going, when you guys were hiking, did you guys do horses up there or everything on foot or, oh, or how did you guys do it? Because when you guys went up there, you guys went up usually with a big group, correct? Yeah, big group there. I mean, there's a couple of guys like Uncle Dave Coons, he had a horse. Um, so they, we did have horses up there. I, I wasn't ever on one, but. Uh, you guys use it mostly for pack out? Uh, if, when we got one down, yeah, it was it was definitely definitely an option to go get the horse before we try to haul that sucker out myself ourselves. But because I know we've had a, a more than one occasion, we had to quarter them out to get them out. Right, so, and you guys shooting bulls or cows or? Well, we a little bit of both. I know uh, we did get tags there a few years, so I did get a couple cows out of there. So, and that's the one I I shot that. Going up the side of the hill, and I shot her, and she went all the way down. I mean, and when I say went all the way down, she went all the way down to the bottom of the canyon with feet up in the creek. And uh, kind of like my bear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you right just to have these three studs here, and the two over there that Ramsey and Sean that got to compete. It's good to have us around. So your years of going up there did uh did you did you guys have a pretty good percentage at hunting camp of harvesting animals? Amongst all of us, I, I'd say we did fairly well. I okay. mean, usually you probably got a couple of them out of there a year between, uh, I don't know, maybe a half a dozen of us, at least, you know, on average. I mean, there's times where all of us left with nothing. And then a couple of guys would go up a little week or two later, you know, towards the end of the season and they'd bag theirs. But 
you know, but uh, we a lot of it was just about having fun too. You know, right? That's always a big well, part. The biggest of it. thing, that was thing big is, thing. is, I mean, this is back in the '80s, way before you guys were even thought about. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd say and, this. Uh, that's like the. I always like to think about this a lot. Where that's you guys are. I would say, generationally speaking, you're kind of the generation before us. Yeah, and you guys kind of lived in the golden era. Well, the thing, cool thing opinion, about like when, when you go camping, I mean, like our parents never had a ton of money. I mean, they were well off. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we never went hungry, but you didn't get Snickers and soda pop all the time. But when you went hunting, I mean, it, it was you had fun size candy bars and Snickers. And I mean, that was like the highlight of the deal is going to the grocery store and watching dad spend 50 bucks on snacks. I mean, you, you'd never seen it before uh-uh. until you went hunting or is there a family get together? Did you see pop? Yeah. And and that now I mean you don't even leave without a case of beer and a twelve pack of pop or sun kiss and some whipped vodka. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's and why lobster tail and that's why you've got to have your massage chair and lobster and yeah. you, you drink more pop and beer now and you do water, right? Yeah. Like well, yeah, it's, I I would argue that you guys grew up in the golden era of hunting. Do you do you sit back and like realize like look back on it as that? I uh, no, I do, and I think. Uh, if you want to go that route, I think uh, you can look back in our parents' era too, and I think uh, they had they had it better than we did by far. Riley, what is your what is making you say they had the golden era? So look at it this way, and I would say I say yes. Like let's say so, like your dad, your dad's era, they probably had more accessibility to animals. The animals are probably bigger in a way, um, maybe, but the technology wasn't there. What you guys have is like the first 25% of like good hunting technology with still the lasting effects of good accessibility, good hunting places, good genetics, good stuff like that, you know, before and, things and, are really. And not nearly the same amount of people. Yeah. yeah. Before the people hatch. Yeah. yeah so well, you, well, well, we didn't have the people. I mean, like when you went to the mountains, but, but it was different back then, even like, like when Trapper Dave comes on here, you'll hear him talk about it. When they go, you know, they get up hunting and have fishing game, a game morning show up. Hey, how long are you guys here? We're going to be here for 10 days. I see you have no camp meat. You guys need to go kill a deer, you know. And it wasn't kill a deer and tag it. It was just you need camp meat. You need to go shoot something and have camp meat. Now, I mean, could you imagine going up to the gravelies and go and shoot a doe real quick so you have camp meat? Yeah. You know, it just, it don't, it don't happen. And I would say a lot of that, too, with, like, the not having the technology made you a better hunter in in your mind then because i mean you had to be because you didn't have all the you know the accessories that we have now which i'm not i mean clearly accessories can make you i mean they don't make it break you as a hunter but but think about it this way like i'm assuming when like let's just go back to the the third generation the dave generation they probably didn't, they didn't have high tech, like their bows weren't advanced. The optics weren't advanced. All that stuff was The shittiest advanced. pair of Jasons you can buy now was the high, high, high I, class. I guarantee you, there. Dave, like really res- Do you, loves the stuff that he has now that he can depend on. Matt, have you seen your dad's very first bow? Have you ever seen it? No. Have you seen one of his like very first few bows that he had? Every day he even had. He might. Did he do much bow hunting growing up, or was it mostly rifle for a while? It was mostly. I mean, Dave, Dave and Steve will tell you they've shot more deer with a twenty-two long rifle than they've ever shot with mm-hmm. anything else. Okay. You know, but when they grew up, I mean, my my grandpa Harry would 
bring the knives out and dad go shoot a deer because he didn't want to eat pork because when the knives came out i mean butchering times so yeah they take a cow and a couple uh hogs and chickens and start pulling the knives and your dad go shoot a deer then they put kiboshes on it for a day yeah and so that's where i'd get to my point of like our generation like we're 100 percent technology limited accessibility like to get to get anywhere off of public and bma stuff like you have to absolutely develop you have to either a get born into it or be like develop relationships like hardcore or like like it's so much different than it was back in the day i wouldn't say we have it harder i just would say like do you think mark going back to even in your day you're what eight years older than me six or something but uh i don't think the landowner it was so hard to get landowner permission to go on property like you do now no and i think a lot of those guys are pretty happy to get you out there for the most part you know they get on they get on the head out there and they just decimates the bales out there and uh you know if they can get you out there and get a get you the harvest some of the deer or whatever that's out there then they were happier for it now it seems like uh you got to fight a little bit more to well, and that's allow what, them out there i don't know if it's uh well, the well, mentality of the 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 younger it, it, generations or if it's just they're just tired of the kind of the crap they have to deal with because of certain people well, well i honestly think that hunting quote me if i'm wrong but or correct me if i'm wrong but i i believe honestly between the outfitting side that i do with my dad guiding like you do now chumley it's turning into being a rich man's sport it really is well that's that's what i was going to say it's it seems like the landowners now still have the same mentality that they did back in the day where yeah they 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 don't like game animals because they do tear up fences and you know take hay and all this stuff but why do you think it is that it's it's they're more prone to say no now because 40 60 years of people have ruined situations ruined relationships and well i think even back in my younger days and especially our folks is I think they had more respect for the landowner than they do now. And they did. And a lot of those older landlords or landowners that uh, were out there, like my dad's generation or older, like my grandfather's generation, were more apt to let you have access to their property to, to do that kind of stuff. Because uh, you respected the, it like Because you respected it and they kind of knew, they figured that you respected them enough if they let you out there. And I think each consecutive generation kind of looks at that in a different way. You know, like he, my, my, my dad or my grandfather was too uh, tolerant on these people. So uh, I, I, they don't see it the same way as it makes previous sense. generations. Because most, most of that land is handed down from generation to generation. And each consecutive generation is, I think is a little more, tight string on letting people come and go because all it takes is one person to do something wrong and that's 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 it or they you know they want to um lease a land for certain reasons or they want to just you know conserve it on their for their behalf or just the people they know absolutely because i mean there is quite a few landowners in montana that don't have prime enough hunting to be able to outfit right but they still tend to say no because i'm sure they've had bad experiences in the past by one or two people that just i also think there's a big the one of the other like i'd, I'd say like 40 percent of the reason things are so much different now there's so much money in hunting there's so much money in it well, there's dudes out there that are getting groups of 10 12 15 guys together rich money. guys 
and they're throwing out half a million dollars just to pull leases on properties. It's, it's not the like. I mean, there is definitely some outfitters out there that just hog land. I mean, it it, it happens. I mean, there's guys that um, they've been around. And, you know, that's why, like, I, I always talk about, like, I respect the way Dave does business because he always, like, it's not like he's just secluding it to five people every year. You know what I mean? But I think there's a lot of money. And I, 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 I know some, some well-off people even around the area that do that same thing where they go and 10, 15 guys put in, I mean, half a million dollars to hunt, Sean. Yeah. It's insane. Well... We all know one one person that was in in that group right next to the ranch that Dave leases. That what was there ten or twelve people involved in that, and it came out to what five grand a person or something. Well, that's cheap to have something within an hour drive of Billings, yeah. and you and ten other buddies going in on it. Well, especially when like you get, and it, there is a there is a like that's what it's become. That's what it's going to be in in ten twenty years. As long as we can keep, if we can keep our public land, there'll always be public land, but it's going to be overran. The private land hunting is going to be narrowed down to either shut off or it's going to be, you're going to have to get together with your buddy and fork out five grand a year. The only thing I can say is like for you and Ramsey, um, you guys are no different than, than my dad or, or Steve. I mean, you guys have a chunk of land that you guys only get to hunt because you guys respect the guy's land. You guys help him when he needs help. And I mean, you guys are are doing what the old generation are has always done, and you guys are still upholding the same loyalty. Well, I think that's kind of like a big thing that was instilled in us, like oh yeah, like with our with our dad. So we don't really talk about our dad much, but like when he was brought up hunting, and I think we may have touched on this a little bit, but he like his dad didn't hunt, so everything he had to learn, he learned himself. And what he learned in his like older age was like, if you respect people, and that was like the first place that we got permission to hunt on, I want to say it was like 2001, 2000. Yeah, pretty close. And we're also kind of like, kind of a little bit lucky because the town we live in, my mom used to live in, it's, ag- it's an agriculture community. And so like a lot of people know my, my mom and dad. And so like, you know, previous to this gentleman working for my dad as a young kid, he knew my mom and dad anyways, but my dad would like, you know, he'd help them on their four wheeler and he'd like go out there and, um, you know, if they needed help with something, he'd do it. And he kind of like instilled that in us to where, like, I would say realistically, and, and Ramsey and I and Sean do quite a bit of public land hunting. And we did a lot of it growing up, but like realistically, we have like four places privately that we can hunt. And the second one, Ramsey like went out of his way to like do a bunch of like, like favors and he would always like if he needed to um haul a trailer out for these people he'd do that or if he brought need to bring them something or something like that just and like even as simple as like you know they're bored and they want to have a conversation so i go out there and have dinner with them or whatever yeah you know something as simple as that and to most people it seems like oh you just went out and had dinner with goes them. a long but, way but to them they're like well this person cares enough to come into our home and share those experiences with us and i just it's worked for me and i'll do it until the day i die yeah and like the the you're you and your dad thing like we spent i mean like that was 10 10 years of like that turned into like family to us and more than like it was crazy how it turned into that like that you guys are more like a like a second family to us now 
but that was, you know, that was too. It was like, we respected Dave. We respected what you guys did. And we knew that, um, to earn your respect, it, we had to sh- like show it, you know? And I think we, Oh, you guys have, have done. I mean, we feel the same way about you guys guaranteed. I mean, Dave, Dave talks highly about you two and, and Warren and, but I mean that's what it takes anymore. If if you want to, you know. But there again, there's there's the you know born into a situation and people get people really well, and, it, and it circles back to the. Oh, that's my train of thought. Wow. I'll, I'll Interrupted have me just to fuck wow. it. I know. <laughs> wow. Oh, sorry. I know. I got it now. So it it all circles back to what you do in the off season. Like I'm not just talking to these people during during hunting season. season. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like, let's say you've been around this your whole life. You've been able to be basically person that would allow someone to come on to something, essentially, right? Oh, have absolutely. You, have you ever had people that like would just contact you like once a year to like be oh, like? Oh, I got, I got people that are, they say they're my friend, but they're more of an acquaintance. But usually they start calling about September 10th. Hey, yeah. buddy, how are you? And they never hear from again. Yeah. Were and then, you looking at me, Matt? No, not so much. But, but, Fam- uh, family gets a pass. Yeah, I get a pass. But but I mean, as far as you as I, did you guys mostly only hunt public mark or? Well, yeah, until until we got you know went out with you and, and stuff like that. And since dad's been guiding, but uh, other than that, it's yeah, it's been. And his, his dad drew a bull tag what fifteen years ago, eighteen years ago. Yeah, twenty years ago. Tell you, but. He's, he's and he shot good. a hell of an i6 six by six. Really? Yeah, he's he still has and he hasn't done much with it. He's yeah. trying to put it up at my place. S- Steve's good shit. Yeah, I know your dad much. Well, I never just met your dad. I met your dad a handful of times. Oh, yeah. Good shit. Actually, my first first bull I ever shot was with your dad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like your dad and Dave have the same like. Like they don't. Oh, there's know. a there's a rain cloud coming. We got to get out of here. Well, not even that. They don't know how old <laughs> they are. I swear to God. And so, like, they're up, and they have to be helping on oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, and I've, so I've had to almost catch Dad from uh, falling off the roof of the house when we were roofing. Oh yeah, that's where I'm getting yeah. at. Why well, I shot this bull? Um, I guess we'll just get into this. We had hunted all morning. We actually got another uh, acquaintance uh, an elk that morning, and Matt's like, "You want to go out and try to get try to get some meat today?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's." I mean, it's getting to the end of the season. I'd like to put something in the freezer, and I told him I was like, "I'd like to shoot a bull." If it's possible. And so we pull into this one ravine. It's kind of a lookout. And you've been there before, but I won't get into sure, depth. Yeah. I don't but it out kind of looks overlooks the river and then a bunch of bunch of coolies that the elk like to feed up. I don't know, most of the time. Most of the hunting season really they like to come up through there. They always go up there in bed. Yeah. And so sure as shit, we got there about eleven o'clock. They're already bedded down in this coolie. So Matt's like, Oh, there's a cat actually. <laughs> I'm going to call him out for this one. He's like, all right, there's a cow laying down right there. Like, go ahead and like post up and shoot. I'm like, dude, this does not look like a cow. Like, I can't see its head, but this does not look like a cow. And he's like, okay, we'll just hold on then. And uh, he's like, oh, there's a cow coming from behind it. Bushes, bumps it out. It's like a 360-inch bull (laughs) that was sitting laying down there. That was pre-LASIK, Matt. That's the only thing I'll say to that. Yeah, Matt's got eyes now. But uh, he Matt ran up on the hill. And he's like, hey, quit looking at that one. There's a there's a spike right down here. And I was like, ah, oh, sick. So um, I shoot the spike and I shot it like it was quartering at us downhill. And I shot through the top of his heart and into his intestines. So it was like I just nicked the top of the heart. And so he didn't go down right away. He went like up into the up into the side hill. So we had to drive like 
all the way around to get to where he was at. And when we came up, he wasn't dead. So by the time that Matt and I kind of tracked him down and, and put him down, he was uh, up on the hill instead of down at the bottom where we were at. So instead of like just Matt and I, who were pretty like the younger guys that were there going up there and taking care of it, like Steve had to be up there, like, like gutting it and everything. And like this bull started like fall down the hill and like fell on all of us and like tripped Steve down. I was like, no, it was oh, just he like, tumbled. He tumbled. Did he? He didn't say anything about that. He tumbled no. good. He can he can take a pretty good blow though. Uh, he, him and Dave, they're like a different yeah. breed. They're, they're like they'll they'll bitch whine and moan about uh, oh my back hurts or something wrong with their leg, but you don't know the reason why. But if you actually seen what happened, well, it's the same thing. Why, I, you know I mean, but you, your dad was a mailman for he retired thirty but, years, and I think Steve said he put on like two hundred fifty thousand miles walking. He, the what they did a deal on him in a paper. It was over three. Three times around the world. Wow. That that's, that's a lot of damn walking in 30 years. But him and Dave, they might not be the first people out of the ranger up the hill, but they're the first people back there. I can promise you. You go do a five-mile hike with them, too, and you'll outwalk them, but they'll beat you back to the vehicle. Yeah, and uh, you know, and they'll do it. You're huffing I mean, and puffing, yeah. and they're just taking a couple hundred yards take a break a couple yeah. hundred yards you're going as fast as you can and then you're just dying it took me a long time growing up to be able to out outwalk my dad well i'd say like they were just born differently like that's such a different breed of human than we are like i just it's like i always have mad respect and that's why i like really want to badly get dave on here so so people can like understand just like the type of mentality like that generation of people have oh they're definitely doers yeah, it makes me feel makes us feel kind of like pussies, really. <laughs> but uh, I think the coolest thing is is they've never, you know, I've been guiding with Steve for twenty years, and uh, probably hard for about the last what twelve, and uh, they'll never tell you how to do something. That's what I like about them. They kind of always let you do your own thing and kind of learn your own way until you screw up. Then and and they'll they'll give you a little advice, but they never advice, say this yeah. is the way you need to do it. And same thing with you, guide, and they've Dave's never told you where you have to go or not to go. He wants you to figure it out on your own. Nope. But he'll definitely like if I need to know. So it's like there's as much as you can do in 27 years when it comes to knife skills, uh, hunting skills, all this stuff. Like, let's say we have all this information available to us: YouTube, internet, whatever. As much as you could gain through that and the people that you've been with your whole life, you cannot put a price and the knowledge of somebody that's been doing it for 50, 60 years. So like every, like I soak up everything those guys have to say, like, like it's a sponge. And so they will like, you know, like let's say we're just cleaning up. Um, Taping. Did you just mute me? <laughs> I just got muted. I was having a really good talk here. Rams. I just got muted. But, uh, but no, like, like let's say we're caping, skin and caping. Like Dave will like give me a hand and be like, this is like, this is the way you would want to do it. Like we need to have a sharper, like stop playing around with a dull knife. Take the extra five minutes, sharpen up your knife and get some good cuts in there. It makes everything five times easier. Stuff like that. I mean, Less it's, an, it's valuable. Too. Yeah. So. I feel like you, you learn from the, the few times I've met Dave you learn something from Dave when he's not even trying to teach you something. Right. It's 
<laughs> when he looks at you like, what the hell are you doing? Get the hell out of the way so we can get <laughs> well, this done. And then like back to how Matt was saying that Dave, you know, he never told you where to go and where you couldn't go. It, uh, it's, that's the best way to learn is learn on like basically trial and error yourself. So that way you make the decision, not somebody else making the decision saying, no, I don't need to go to that valley. Yeah, and I think like let's say let's say we're talking about just like guiding in, in in general, right? I think that if Dave knew, like I don't think he's gonna be the kind of person that oh this guy isn't panning out, like he sucks, like whatever. Like I think he knows up front the people that he's gonna put into position. I don't know. Am I making sense? Like I don't think he's uh, like he knows up front the people. I don't know. Matt, would you say your dad is a very good judge of character? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I could tell you right now, Dave's, Dave don't let anyone come and guide. I mean, you have to, you know, earn the right. You know, you have to prove yourself first. And, uh, I mean, he's known Chum Lee for, Christ, what, 11 years? 12? 11, 12, yeah. And uh, I was actually just pulling up pictures of Ramsey's first year and stuff. And I was like, holy shit, this was so long ago. <laughs> but, but anyways, but there's been several guys where I've been, this guy's awesome. We need to have him as a guide. And he's like, no, I only have so many people and the landowner has to like them. And, you know, Dave's all about what the landowner thinks he could give a shit less if, if you're good or bad. That what you do because he can train you and show you what you need to do, but you have to have the. Uh, what am I trying to say here? The. Not only do you have to hunt, but you have to be able to entertain. Yeah. You can't teach that either. Uh. Uh-uh. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. No, like you can't just be stone cold, just like hanging out, like saying nothing to people all day long, and then driving around. Like, I I'm sure you guys get clients like that though. Where you, I mean, obviously you guys are you're very good at entertaining people and you're trying to have conversations and they're like, it's kind of like getting a haircut where you, you know, you don't want to talk to it. Well, not you guys. Cause I think Matt's definitely had some like stone guys, some like guys that just are hard to talk to. Yeah. But, but I've had some really good groups too, between hunting and fishing. I actually had a group that I fished hard. I actually got a jo- job for Mark with him yeah, years ago at a hunter's industries out of yeah. California. And Mark went down there for a while. And yeah, I got a job before I knew I had a job. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'd say, oh, shoot, even the last guy I had, he ended up being, like, you got to learn about these people, you know what I mean? Like, see, some people don't like to indulge in their own personal lives, but. You're kind of like a hairstylist in that in that way. I mean. You know people's personal. Roundabout kind of thing, but at the same time, like, I'm making sure, like, I don't want them to go hungry or thirsty, and I don't want them to be uncomfortable. Like, this is their. Kind of like a bartender then. Yeah, yeah, really good, really fancy. It's better than a hairstylist. Would you, I would say, uh very high percentage of their experience is how you guys act. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. If you were a if you were a piece of shit, no one would want to come back. No, and I think the thing that helped me so much is, you know, we get a lot of new guys with fishing and, and turkey and and uh prey dogs now. But as far as our deer and elk hunters, um mostly deer hunters, we're probably about a ninety I'd say a 94% return rate for the last 20 plus years. So I've known these guys growing up. So you already can have that relationship before I started guiding. And then the the biggest thing is, is, is as long as the guys, they're paying for a hunt 
as long as they're smiling and laughing and having fun, 99% of the time they'll rebook. Yeah. They, they can go home empty-handed, but if they had a good time, hunted hard, um, they'll be back. That's how you build relationships like you have with Alan, right? Oh, yeah. Is, is. Would you say I've been getting like a, like the higher percentage of new guys just because that's how it like it should be? Or just how it's panned out? No, it's kind of how it's panned out. The I've enjoyed it. I've loved like meeting everybody. Like I've had a great time every time. Like the shit thing is, is like there's so many guys that want to go with dad. Uh, there's a few guys that <laughs> Uncle Steve gets requested and he's like, oh shit, really? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I heard a few of those. Yeah, but. You know, but he's made that relationship with them by guiding them for so long and guiding them when, you know, Dave had somebody else or I wasn't there. And then they made a bomb with Steve. And that's that's kind of how it's going to be with you is we're going to have people that say we want to go with Riley. Well, I got to book you this week because Riley's already requested on this week. Do you think it's kind of like when like people come in and like, I only want Warren working on my stuff? Absolutely. Kind of like that kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. To kind of answer your question, Sean, it's kind of like... I literally had a, like a preacher no, I that was my last guy. And just to hear like life stories and stuff, like there was not a dull moment in the ranger or hunting. And first of all, we had, we had one day to get it done anyway. So it was, it was pretty hard. I'm so glad that was you and not me. It was fun though. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, man, I'm, I'm, I'm still young, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ambitious, you know, I, I have this drive, but and but you did have the man, the myth, and the legend go out with you that morning. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. It was nice to have Dave there, but I also don't think I would be in my position too if like Matt didn't like speak for me too. Like if I didn't have, if I hadn't hunted with Matt over the years, and like proved to him, like he's kind of like as we go out there hunting, he teaches me stuff along the way, and like basically there was one time like four years ago where he's like. Hey, make sure that like, like we're just hunting together. Like it was just me and him. And like, maybe there was like Dave's client was there and he's like, go set the table right now. And I'm like, okay. So like, it was in my mind. I'm like, every single time I'm in here, like I need to make, like, I need to do that without question. I don't need to be asked to do that. I need to go do it. And it's like little things like that over the years where I think like it turned into where Matt was like, he spoke like put in a word for me almost like i don't think oh absolutely i don't think that like i would be in the position if i was if i didn't prove to him and dave at the same time like there's a lot that goes into it i don't think every like there's a lot of guide services that are just like i'm sure they just turn over people constantly but i think with this one it's like like you have to prove that you're not a piece of shit first of all <laughs> and go from there but. And that's pretty tough. Mark, Mark can tell you, Dave's not the easiest person to please. No, but you, it, it's damn good when you do please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you grew up that way too. I mean, you, 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 you know, know you had to please your dad and you had to, you know, you, not, I, I guess we shouldn't say please. That's kind of a big word, but you want to make them proud. Absolutely. Like you want and, to go out of your way to have them say, when you haven't done that, you kind of, you feel you, you feel like a failure a little bit. Yeah, but you guys, you do all like that. The Shaw family, like, always makes you feel welcome. I feel like, in my experience, yeah. I don't know how it is within. Like, every family is going to have their own dynamic within the family. Like, there's part of my family where you know people don't talk to each other. Whatever, that's going to happen to everyone. But like, I knew Matt and Dave, and now I'm like super close with all of Matt's family. I'm pretty close with all Dave's family. Like I'm close with like Corey, like, I know Corey, like all of these guys 
It's kind of crazy that I'm just meeting you, but Corey's the like, one that gave him the name Chumley. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say like your family, your family like always makes people feel welcome. So I could see how yeah, like, I, I can see that. Cause uh, you know, the, if you didn't have good conversation and a, uh, and a good meal, then you, you didn't, it's probably not part of it. Yeah. I don't know how the hell the shops aren't like 5,000 pounds. <laughs> We're pretty fat. <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. We eat well. There's a lot of fatter family. Yeah. You, know, you look in any one of our freezes, I guarantee there's, but it seems like you all know how to, there. you all know how to cook. That's for damn sure. Yeah. His Bon, Bonnie was a phenomenal cook. Yeah, my my mom, my my grandmother, uh, Hazel, yeah, they could all cook. Like, did you guys grow up close enough in age that you like did stuff together growing up, or was it just well, mostly family? Not, not until the later years. I mean, until I was probably until you were out of high school or so. But. Well, I was probably about nineteen when I had that fake idea, and then I hung out with you and Corey a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, until we, yeah, until you got busted with that damn thing. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Desperados or whatever. Yeah, that was yeah. your name? No, I was, uh, what's the guy's, what was the guy's I, name from the Titanic? That's him, that Leonardo is. DiCaprio. I know, but what was the... Oh, oh shit, uh, like I've seen that damn movie. Um, You got this. I literally saw a TikTok about it like yesterday because they're talking to him about uh, like... Should what, they, would he fit on that raft? Yeah, should he? Like they're questioning him if he should have legitimately fit on that raft. Well, they say he could have. Yeah. The Mythbusters proved it. Yeah, they proved it. Yeah, Wouldn't have made I don't know who they are. I haven't seen that movie since I was probably like... I'm just trying to remember what she... She's yelling his name when he's slowly floating under the water. What... Don't you think there could have been like another? We piece got our of tech work? guy on it. Matt's yeah. looking it up right now. So you, you were Jack more. Dawson. Jack. Yeah. Jack. 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 So, so that was my fake idea. It was Jack Jack Dawson? Did anybody ever say anything funny to you about? Oh, I got into the bar all the time with that. He, he it did. was in the tux. He was in the tux on the Titanic. What year did the Titanic movie come out? That had to be ninety-seven. He probably just yeah. came out. So Matt's like, I'm gonna be this guy. Dude, I remember seeing my parents had it was, the... It was 97, I'm pretty sure. My yep. parents yeah, had the... Yeah, it was the, 97, uh, so it had to have been like 99 when I had that fake idea. I believe that. Just, and, just and, to and, put perspective, I was born in 98. <laughs> 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 Shit. And, uh, but but it was a good time going to Desperados with, with the boys. But it was kind of me, Mark, and Corey, Corey. kind of a... How, what is, how was Corey in reference to you guys? For age, he's younger, isn't he? He's uh, he's us. about uh, two and a half years younger than me, I believe. Oh, yeah, and he's two years older than me. Maybe yeah, two and a half, three years younger than me. So like sixty five or <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we're not that old. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But so you would say that was your. I was going to ask like, well, what did you, was your guys' favorite thing to do running around together? That was probably it back in. Back well, in early well I mean, back in the day, Corey, I, I mean, Corey was like a chick magnet. And he wasn't afraid to say anything. No. Or of course, he's kind of like that now. He's not afraid to say anything. He should have wrote a book for all the other men out there. Yeah, he uh, he definitely uh, had no problem with the girls. So that's for damn. How, uh, how is Corey related to you guys now? He's uh, our, our dad's uh, other brother. Oh, uh, really? Other, other brother's brothers, son. Greg, Stephen. Yeah. So it's it was Steve was born first, then Dave, then Greg. Okay. And Corey's Corey's Greg's son. Uh it's Corey, Travis, Ryan, and Janelle. Yeah. Well, Janelle's before Ryan, but yeah. yeah. Um but us three kinda always hung out all the time and yeah. we didn't really do a whole lot of hunting together though. That was kind of me and Corey. You were always yeah, kinda working was, on cars. Always, well, was do you have any busy. siblings? I got uh, Oh, you three said brothers. you had no, you had the brother the brothers, yeah. 
See, Ramsey and I are close, so I always had Ramsey. I never had cousins like that growing up to hang out with. So yeah, we cool. had a lot of cousins growing up. You know, there was probably a lot of us immediate cousins. Ever. Probably as far as cousins, like I guess in our family, that's more. Of, I guess it's more of a friendship, like best friends than than family. Yeah. I guess. Right. See, that's that's what was weird. Like I'm the youngest in my entire family, so there, I have no cut. Co- like my closest cousin is four years older than me. That's exactly how we are. Like I have, I have a cousin and a second cousin because like my one cousin had a kid that's my age. So like the only cousins I have that are my age, I have one like two girls, and the rest of them are in their like mid thirties, forties. And I'd have to say, out of the whole Shaw family, Mark's family is probably the closest as far as all the brothers. I mean, they're oh, constantly, between me and my brothers. Yeah. yeah, you guys are constantly doing stuff. Yeah, together. we're always doing stuff. Yeah. I mean that's a, that's the best best part about life, man. Is it's kind of like you and Ramsey. You you guys are together all the time, and oh, yeah. Warren's with you, and your mom. And well, it's like he's like my you know he's like my best friend, man. Like if you ever died, like I don't know what to, I don't I wouldn't be able to live. Stop smoking. <laughs> what? Stop smoking. I don't smoke. He just zins. <laughs> Can you do the? We're not a, except the fact when you hang out with these guys. It's we're not like, affiliated with zins. <laughs> you hang out with these guys, and it's literally like they're twelve years old. <laughs> They bitch at each other. They always touch each other. <laughs> what? It never ends. That's, what do you mean, what? That's really out of context. Yeah, that was out of context. He means, like, fighting. Wrestling around and shit. But Riley <laughs> Riley is not... Riley has always told me this, and I never believed it. Like, he just is kind of like Ramsey's punching bag. It is true. He just kind of lays there and takes it. Well, here, I'm going to tell you the theory behind that. When I was, like, 18, 19 years old, like, when I went to college, like, over when I left no, for football let's, and let's stuff. start in high school. No, 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 no. Okay, we'll start like seven, 17 to like 19. I'm sorry for starting this, so we're just going to end the conversation. No, no, it's good. No. It's good. It's funny. It's funny. People like listening to this. Uh, Ramsey and I weren't that close when, we were, when, I, was, like, when I was in high school. And uh, I mean, just because of the age difference. And uh, he kind of developed a little bit later than most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hit puberty that's, when he was 18. That's fine with me because I no, still have... No, no, no. Have, am I wrong, though? I still like, have all small. my hair. Oh, no. I, <laughs> that, that's not what I meant. What I meant is like... I he, was I was always a little shit. Well, he was like a, one of them summer birthdays, and my parents didn't hold him back. They pushed it forward, so he graduated at like 17. barely 17. And so... That's very well, 17. Okay, well, like middle of 17 or whatever. And so he was always behind, so like the kids in his grade were always like picking on him and shit and then he grew like six inches and a hundred pounds his senior year and then like got super good at sports and but like i was always the sports guy and ramsey did like you know what I, mean? I this is true and so like we had like a, a disconnect when we were in high school and so like my mom and dad would be like if you if you put your hand on your brother like we'll, we'll call the cops and shit like that like it was that kind of shit so i developed this thing from like 17 to 20 like where i just wouldn't beat up ramsey because he had that little card in his back pocket. So now 21 to 27, he just punches me and beats on me all the time. And I still like, I can't like hit him because I feel like I'm going to get in trouble. Is it because you know that he would kick your ass? No, I've punched 100%. I punched Ramsey in the face a couple times. He knows better. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. On that note. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know where I was going. Was I was I wrong with the statement that they act like they're twelve years old sometimes? Yeah, we're just competitive. I can see the love there. Yeah, we're very competitive. But at the end of the day, like I said, like half the time on on Full Mountain Brothers excursions, Matt and I look at each other like, oh my gosh, (laughs) 
These guys. It's like having my grandma and grandpa and they're arguing about salt. <laughs> you could you could probably like call Josh up and he'd be like, Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Josh and I actually had that conversation on our, our uh ice fishing trips that we've been on with him. We told you the story about the the duck hunting trip that one time, didn't we? Yes, I did hear that story. Where I tackled Ramsey into the reeds and we just started brawling right but first like you guys were brawling at the fire yesterday or two days ago were we yeah we had to tell you guys to stop because you about rolled right into the fire and knocked my burgers off oh those yeah. were super good we didn't talk about that nah, burgers on the mountain i took some really good pictures you, you can did put that in your bio no you didn't get matt's matt's ca- right camera angle on his face he didn't like it i don't get why that's like the purpose of that picture was to look yeah, at but you didn't get his pretty pink fingernails like those kind of pictures if matt wanted to make a cookbook that'd be like that would go that would go money that would be amazon choice number one but the burner burger yeah i don't know lots of brotherly love around here (laughs) let's start picking on sean let's start beating sean up i heard he was late (laughs) always not only late super late (laughs) I tell this dude five thirty, and he rolls in at five forty nine. That's not accurate at all. It's four thirty. I showed up at four forty four. So Matt made the suggestion that we uh, we just start telling you like if something's gonna happen at three thirty, we'll tell you like three. Name one other thing I've been late to. Opening day. Okay, I don't want to hear lateness from you two because I literally had to break in your house to wake you up to go hunting. And okay? we were still early. No, you weren't. Yeah, this is the one time Sean showed up early. <laughs> Well, I just, we're just trying to make a make a plan here, Sean. <laughs> I, all we want to know is do we do we add things a half an hour early? So we do with Mark. If you want to eat at five, you tell him to be there at four. I, I have no problem when it's food involved. You no, know, you don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell you talk about. Oh man. Huh. You feel the love on the Bull Mountain Brothers podcast tonight. Yeah, I, well, that's what we get for like taking time off. We just come back. <laughs> there was a lot of this though at, at the camp at camp this weekend. All in all, that was probably one of the best trips I've had out there for how short it was. What do you mean? To the ranch, just like relaxing. It have been super nice those dates Saturday night. Though I was so tired when I got home. Yeah, we'll probably do that next time. There was only one reason we didn't. Which is fine. Pizza and French dip for Sean. No, it was Pops wanted to go home. Yeah, he he didn't have. He was he was pretty sore. So, and we know what we didn't really add is the absolute pig of a turkey that we saw. Oh, we saw a fucking monster turkey. He's dragging beard on the ground, coming back to camp. And you know, it's funny because Matt was just getting done telling us how he's like, you know. I don't. Uh, I don't really need to shoot a turkey this year. You know, I'm just not. And he sees this thing. All right, guys, I'm going to shoot a turkey. <laughs> big enough. It was big enough for Matt to grab the, the shotgun. I know that thing was fast. That's my favorite thing about. Was like, that the one below the road to go up top? Yeah, yeah on yeah. the way back to camp. That, yeah. That's like been my favorite thing about hunting with Matt over the years. Is like you like you generally know when something's big when Matt gets excited. <laughs> like you can hunt with like like generally like your like every like your buddy or whatever that doesn't get a hunt good stuff and that'd be like like you'll see like a four point like a hundred 110 inch four point they're like oh my god it's huge and then you look it's like no it's a hog <laughs> if you're hunting with matt and it's big like if, he, if yeah. he gets excited like you know it's on Until I hey warren got me on that this year you remember that it was the last day that i could go out last year 
and we're cruising up above the pond and Warren, I've never heard Warren ever say like comment on a deer in a group before. And we're coming up over this hill and all I hear Warren goes, there's a good one in there. I got out of that ranger so fast and I pulled up and looked. It was like, it was a, I don't think he got a good glimpse on it, but it was this really tall three point. I mean, it was wide and tall. And I turn around and look at Warren and he's just got a smirk on his face in the driver's seat. I'm like, you. <laughs> he gets you. You got to be careful of him sometimes because, like, you'll be, you'll be looking at a group of deer and you don't even hear him get out of the ranger or whatnot. And, like, He'll have his gun up, and you're like, what? What is this guy doing? And he's like, nah, it's not big enough, and he'll get back into the range. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'd say any more. He hasn't shot like a monster deer like you have. Well, with the exception of the antelope that he got last year, it had probably been 10 years since he shot an animal. Yeah, probably. He's, he's, a, like lot like, he's a lot like Dave in that respect. Like he's, When was the last time you shot a deer, Mark? Oh, it's been a while. It's been a couple of years, at least. What was the last thing you shot? It was a whitetail. Down out of the box? Yeah, down on the bottom there. Shit, I don't remember the last deer I shot. Deer. Ooh, that's a good question. 2018? When did Dave shoot that deer? 2018. Oh, same year? Yeah, same deer. How long before that had Dave shot something? Oh, no, 2000. 27 years since he shot a deer. It was all 19 because... Holy cow. Dave shot that deer in 19. Ramsey shot that big one he shot. And then I shot I shot one that was... Yeah, the last deer Dave shot was that three by three that's on the wall. Pitchfork one? Yeah. <laughs> Matt, you really instilled a um, concept into Riley's brain, being a guide. Um, what would we be hunting at our other spot? And most of the time, Ramsey and Warren and I are just excited when we see deer. <laughs> and we'll all be like looking up and we'll have our binos out, you know, looking at them. And this is Riley in the back seat or wherever he's sitting. He'll just dink. <laughs> and he put his binos down. <laughs> like, this asshole, we're just looking at deer over here. Oh, Jeez. yeah. I mean, that's definitely a mad thing. But I think after I saw it, like, what it took me till seeing Ramsey's deer to like understand what like a, like a legitimate like shooter is. Like, I think that's kind of tough for. Like when you have clients on, they think everything's gonna be like everything they see is giant, and like once you've seen like an actual like that class of deer in your optics and up close, and you had your hands on it, like you don't know. Well, I feel like there's a lot of guys like, well, I mean, I don't know what your demographic is of of clients, but like guys from like down south and stuff that aren't used to shooting deer that big. Do they? Do you get that giddiness like right away when you see like a big four or something? We, we've only actually had two people we've had to take bullets from just because they jack a shell in every time. No, give me your bullets. I'll give you the bullet when we see something we're shooting. Just well, even they get so excited. I mean, they see a kind of a, a seventeen inch four by four. Oh my god! No, I mean, you, just because you shoot whitetails. But you talk about this over and over again. Like yeah. you have to combat the hayfield every single day. Yeah, that's <laughs> hard. Well, and hopefully next year we can come in the other way and avoid the hayfield totally. But I'm hoping. Yeah, like I said, it's the same thing with elk too. Until you've like seen them, like seen a mature, because I I don't genuinely think there's a lot of people out there that consistently see large animals. If that makes sense. Well, but the thing is, is is even with hardcore hunters, I mean, 
truly people do not really know what a 385 or 400 class bull looks like. No. I mean, you can sit here all day. Oh, I seen a 385. No, no, you didn't. Cause you really, when you see a big bull, you know, it's kind of like what Ellen said, you know, it's holy shit. That's a, that's a big bull. You know, that that's, that's a record bull. Almost in, in my take book. your breath away. It, yeah. It's like a moment where you're like, the first thought is you see elk, right? And you see this bull, but it kind of takes a sec for it to soak in, and then you go, "Holy cow, that is a monster!" I think, like honestly, shed hunting helped me too, like in a weird way. Like think about okay, so the the shed that you found at Jim and Julie's every last year. Do you think like a, a large percentage of people uh, that would see that would be like, "That's a monster! That's a three mm-hmm. And realistic, like it's a three hundred inch bull that like there's there's more. thousands of bulls just like that every year. Like well, 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 but for instance, I mean, it don't take a four hundred class bull or a one eighty class muley to to do it. I mean, the last time I was on with Mark, I mean that's been Christ eighteen years time. ago. Yeah. And Mark didn't shoot no pig, but he shot a unique, non typical. Which in my book, that non typical buck he shot, you'll never, you'll never get a buck like the one Mark shot. You'll never see that mule deer like that ever again. You know, he wasn't very big, but he was pretty darn heavy. Yeah. Well, and I think we do do a lot of talk about big this, big that. But at the end of the day, any anything that you, you harvest is a trophy, really. And and I think anything with a bow. I mean, I don't give a shit. Oh yeah, three hundred class bull. No. I mean, it's a trophy if you. you if know, something comes across you at thirty to fifty yards. Uh, well, I mean, like like. Like that last bull that we shot out there, that five by five that Nate shot. I mean, that thing was probably maybe a three thirty, but he shot him at eleven yards. I mean, that's that's a trophy. Did you shoot that one with your bow? Yeah. What, what did you shoot? You, what range you shoot him at? How was that? It's like thirty. It's like thirty one to the to the blind, I think, or twenty seven, something like that. It's just a spot that like. You better make the shot if it happens. Well, 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 well I hit him on the first anyway. shot, but I spined him. I slipped at the same time as I pulled back. As I released, I slipped, and I got him high. And then the second shot, Macy got on camera. Yeah, he finished it hard shot. But but that was the coolest thing of all is Macy called that bull in there for me with the hoochie mama. And she was 10. Well, it makes you get more respect. Like, there's guys that shoot, like, multiple elk. Like, these big-time guys that shoot, like, multiple elk every year with their bow, like, as much bow hunting as I've done, I'm just like every time, just like mad respect because it's not easy. It's like one of the hardest things. How about you, Mark? You ever think about going into bow hunting? I thought about it. Yeah, I, you know, I never. I had a bow. I, I recurved when I was a kid, but that's never never went past that, and so I never got into it. It's always been rifle season for me. So, but hell yeah, if I I get it, I do it. I feel like people, I mean, I can say this personally is, I mean, not that I wasn't excited during hunting season, but the first two, three or two to three years that I hunted, I never like archery hunted. I mean, I've, I had gone, but I've never actually like really gotten in with elk and all this kind of stuff. But the, after the, first experience i had archery hunting where it was successful called a bull in we were listening to bugles all morning everything like that like that sparked something inside me that i've never like i that feeling i it, i chase it 
Well, let me ask all the bow hunters in here. Do you feel like the original reason, and it's hard to go back and think about it, and yours might be way different because you grew up doing it, but I think the reason I started bow hunting was was it broadened the horizon of like the things you could do. It added four more weeks to your season, or more than that, added all this more opportunity. I think it makes you more in touch. Well, I'm getting to that, but I'm saying like your original thought, like because you wouldn't have known that going in. You've never done it before. So like going into it, like your initial thought, like what is it? The only reason I guess I went to bow hunting, <clears throat> and Dave and Tyler are the same, is you were guaranteed a bow tag. Yeah. In our area, and it, Christ, what's, what's our area, like 6.78% chance of a rifle tag? Yeah. You know? So back in the day, it was a guaranteed tag. Now now you got to put them for a draw. Yeah, now it's getting harder and harder to get. But I'm going to be honest, the... 100% main reason that I got into archery hunting is because it's harder. Okay. Seriously, because I, I've always found myself to to like doing the hard way in certain things just to learn it. And, uh, it, I mean, it makes you better. <laughs> no, I get what I get. Matt's going to have a high speed come apart over here. But then yeah, Ramsey yeah. gets to this point where it's like, yes, then you get like to like understand it. And it's like, wow, this is a whole different monster than you think. Like Seriously. Getting, and I mean, being right on top of animals and the situations you're in is so much different. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't get a, I don't get a spark from rifle hunting, you know, even shooting something at, you know, 200 plus yards. But I mean, you guys saw it with my turkey, <coughs> how excited it was after I shot that turkey. Yeah. Which I wasn't expecting at all. And I mean, I, as much as you hate birds. So I listened to the podcast. I obviously wasn't here for, and I'm glad that you guys came around on the turkey idea. Because I told you guys, turkey hunting is like elk hunting, but funner. Yeah, and like like I've said before, like I, I've done it that way before, but it was like this year, there was such a different added experience to it where I was like, holy shit, I see why people get addicted to this. Yeah. But So there will be a second annual turkey hunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, don't don't mind that. That's just uh, filming a Fast and Furious twenty eight outside. It's it's turning into summer outside, so we have to have the window open. It's warm, and we're all wearing sweaters and long sleeves for whatever reason. But uh, hey, now Mark, he's over there. Yeah, Mark's Mark's ready to go. He's smart, yeah. comfortable as hell. So I guess I know we've kind of gone. How far have we gone now? Well, it's an hour and eight minutes on that last. Okay, time. I think uh, I think we can wrap it up. We're kind of just really really throwing Ramble. tangents now. So um, thanks, Mark, for being on. Yeah, thank uh, you very for much. Having me, guys. Maybe we can have, I mean, shoot, this is kind of, when we talk about like having guests on, there's obviously there's guests we'll never have again, but you're definitely more than welcome to come on. And if you need to bullshit on a on Monday night ever again, we can get to know even more of your life. And Yeah, I can tell you more stories about Matt. So if you're ever, <laughs> we got, we got some uh, we got some big ideas too coming for the this summer for how we're going to do podcasts and stuff. So definitely uh, get you involved in some of those. Yeah. Well, and. We need to know more of those stories because, like I said, Sean's turning heel on the whole Matt and Sean situation here, and so he needs to get some more dirt. I do. I need it. You gotta. You gotta give me some ammo. <laughs> we're setting up like a. We're gonna just gonna set up like a giant uh, like WWE fight where it's just Sean and Matt in the end for the main event. And I'd sell it to him because he needs everything he can get. I don't even <laughs> need nothing. I don't have to ask nobody. I can look at his little pretty little face and tell everybody what they need to know. <laughs> he likes to think so well anyways we'll on that note we'll uh we'll head out i don't think we have anything super important i mean other than 
we're at a crossroads. We want to advertise the fact that we're going to be in booth. We're going to be live in person um, at the Broadview Days Fair event um, in two weeks, June 4th. It'll be our first, um, I don't know, in public. Come over for a meet and greet. Yeah, like a meet oh, and yeah. greet. And we're going to have... See, the thing is, and I guess I don't really want to talk about this, but I do because we're going to have to talk about it. We are releasing new merchandise very soon. And the re- the, the launch date will be that June 4th booth. Like we have all these plans of having all of our clothing line. Um, the rest, like we had to take the hats off the website because we're almost out of hats. Like you guys did such an awesome job supporting us and getting getting a hold of some Bull Mountain Brothers merch that we had to cut it off the website. And what we have is what we have for that booth. The hard thing is... We were told they're going to be done by then, but in this climate and how day, how things are in the world right now, we're just kind of just until we have the clothes in our hands, we don't we don't know. So that's why it's have a hard time advertising. Come check us out when we're not going to do the booth if we don't have anything to sell, kind of deal. So stay tuned, and uh, I guess check out our socials, and we'll let you know if we're going to be there or not. So right. yeah, you guys, have anything else to add? No, I'm good. Thank you, Mark, again. Thank you, bud. Yeah, so we'll uh, catch everyone on the next one. See you later. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.